0: You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk.
1: Did you hear that? Wine and champagne is 20% off. And that? Medium selection boxes like Skittles and Cadbury mix and match any three for €5. 20 and 24 can boxes of Coke, Diet Coke and Coke Zero are just €12. Have you got any 10 off 50s? And that's the sound of better value. Every week leading up to Christmas, there's new savings to be had. Dunn stores. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Vouching abuse to next grocery shop of €50 or more. Voucher excludes alcohol. Please drink sensibly.
2: Gregory Green had a domestic dispute with his wife and decided that murder was the only way he could solve his problems. Turns out that this was not the first time he chose to annihilate his family. This is Monsters. This is the final episode of season four, and I'm planning to take a little break from doing another themed season. Working on episodes that fit into a theme actually creates a little more work and I want to spend some extra time going through all of the suggestions I've gotten and see which cases I can cover and which suggestions fit into future themes. I also have irons and a couple other fires that I think you guys will really enjoy when those projects are done. I will still be releasing two episodes a week every Monday and Thursday, they just won't be a theme. Technically, season 5's theme is just going to be random. I still need to label these episodes as a season so they stay in order for the podcast. Then I'll be back this spring with a season about serial killers. I've been compiling a list of some really good serial killer stories that haven't been covered to death, pun intended. I also want to get through all of the suggestions to make sure there aren't any that I missed. I've noticed some comments assuming that I would eventually cover the Chris Watts case in this season, and I just don't think there's anything I can add to that case. I like to tell stories of cases that I find interesting, and the true crime genre has just been so oversaturated with Chris Watts' stories, I just can't bring myself to be interested in working on a story about him. I also like to try to dig deep and find extra details that aren't usually included in other stories, and I just don't think I can do that with the Watts case. I feel the same way about Ted Bundy, so you can rest assured that he won't be in the serial killer season. I've done episodes on some more well-known cases, but the amount of stuff that's out there on Chris Watts and Ted Bundy is just over the top. I don't think we need any more. So if you were hoping that either of those cases would be covered by me, it probably isn't going to happen. But don't worry, I've got a big list of other douchebags coming your way, starting right now. This episode is short because there's not a lot of details about the people involved in this case. I saved this one for the end because I kept trying to dig up more background information, but it's just not there. It's an interesting case, though, so I really wanted to do an episode for it, so I thought I'd do a little bonus episode on a Thursday to close out the season. Thanks to everyone for watching and or listening. On July 14, 1991, Gregory Green got into an altercation with his wife, Tanya Green, and stabbed her repeatedly in the face and chest. Then he put the murder weapon in the refrigerator before he called 911. He told the operator that he had stabbed his wife and went out onto the front porch and waited for police to arrive. When they did, Tanya was rushed to Grace Hospital where she died from her injuries. She was not the only life that Gregory took that day, though. Tanya was six months pregnant at the time, and the baby also died. Gregory and Tanya got married in July of 1989. Tanya had a daughter from a previous relationship, and there was a second daughter living with them at the time, but it's not clear if she was Gregory's child or not. Neither of those children were harmed by Gregory during the attack on his first wife. A friend said in an interview that Tanya had told her that Gregory had changed. She said it was like the flip of a switch, and he became a different person. The last time the friend talked to Tanya, she said she was going to go home and pack her stuff to leave Gregory. It seemed that that may have been the catalyst for the argument. Gregory surrendered to police without incident and showed officers where the murder weapon was. He pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 15 to 25 years in prison. It was a second-degree murder charge because it wasn't a premeditated attack. They had an argument, and in a fit of rage, he murdered his wife. Unfortunately, our prison system is set up so a minimum sentence is not a minimum sentence. Gregory's minimum sentence was 15 years, but he became eligible for parole in 2004. He was denied parole twice that year and twice in 2006. The parole board wrote that Gregory showed little emotion or remorse and showed a lack of empathy. During his incarceration for the murder of Tanya, Gregory gained the support of a pastor from the church he used to attend, Fred Harris. Fred had written to the parole board multiple times, claiming that Gregory had paid for his crime and should be released. In a letter dated August 17, 2005, he wrote, Gregory and I were friends before his mishap and he was incarcerated. I feel that he paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. This will not restore the lives that were taken. He will carry that with him for the rest of his life." I'm sorry, but I have a problem with someone labeling the brutal stabbing of a young pregnant woman as a mishap, but otherwise, I understand his intentions. The following year, Fred wrote, "...I've noticed a great deal of growth, and his understanding has matured quite a bit as well as his processing skills." If he was to be released, he would be welcomed as part of our church community, and whatever we could do to help him adjust, we would, end quote. In 2008, Gregory's prison record was virtually spotless and he showed no violence while incarcerated. He followed the rules and stayed out of trouble. His report read that he was respectful to staff and other prisoners. He had completed multiple educational programs and had a plan for employment once he was released. His record, along with the support of Fred Harris, got him approved for parole in 2008 and he was discharged on April 29, 2010. Prison records show that Gregory had earned enough time off for good behavior that he would have been released in 2012 if his parole hadn't been approved. Once out of prison, Gregory remained an active member of the Church of the Risen Christ Ministries International in Detroit where Fred was the pastor. He began working at the Detroit Metro Airport. Fred's daughter, Faith Harris, also attended the church, but it's not clear if she knew Gregory before his prison sentence or not. Faith had been married previously to a man named Chadney Allen Sr., and they had two children together. Chadney Allen Jr. was born August 7, 1997, and Kara Allen was born on April 25, 2000. By the time that Gregory was released from prison, Faith had divorced Chadney and started dating Gregory. The two got married on December 18, 2010, and went on to have two daughters together. Coy Green was actually born a few months before the wedding, on October 28, 2010, and Kaylee Green was born on September 4, 2012. It wasn't long after that that trouble started brewing in the marriage. Faith had filed an order of protection against Gregory in Wayne County Circuit Court in February of 2013. The order was denied because she didn't cite any instances of physical assault. She described that he, quote, jumped at me like he was going to attack me. This went on for hours, end quote. She also said he was being belligerent and kicking things. She then filed for divorce in October of 2013, but it seems the couple reconciled. The relationship continued to be rocky, and Faith filed for divorce again in August of 2016. She cited a breakdown in the marriage relationship.
0: You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. Good boy. Keep your hat on, pet. Why? We're playing dinner at the North Pole, remember? So we need to wear our big warm coats inside.
2: When it comes to food or heat, many families will face impossible choices this Christmas. Please support the St. Vincent de Paul Annual Appeal. Donate locally or at svp.ie. Thank you. We know now that Gregory doesn't like it when someone plans to divorce him. Just like with Tanya, in 1991, Gregory became so enraged at the idea of his wife divorcing him that he went on a killing rampage. This one, though, he planned in advance. A week before the murder, Gregory went to Home Depot and picked up some supplies that he used to reroute the exhaust from his car so it would fill the interior of the vehicle. In the early morning hours of September 21, 2016, Gregory took his two daughters, Coy and Kaylee, and put them in the car. He ran the car and allowed it to fill up with exhaust, essentially suffocating the young girls with carbon monoxide. He then carried the girls back into the house and placed them into their beds. Gregory then grabbed Faith and pulled her into the basement. She was duct taped to a chair and Gregory used a box knife to slash both sides of her face and then he shot her in the foot. He forced her to watch as he brought both Chadney Jr. and Kara in front of her and shot them both in the head. Chadney Jr. had recently graduated from the Spex Howard School of Broadcasting with a certificate in digital media arts. He wanted to eventually become a movie producer. Kara was about to graduate from high school. She was an honor student and a cheerleader who wanted to become a doctor. Koi, who they called Princess Koi, loved to dress up, have her hair done, and be the center of attention, while Kaylee enjoyed playing in the water, ballet, and singing. Just like his 1991 murder, Gregory called 911, told the operator what he had done, and then sat on the front porch, waiting for the police. Gregory was evaluated by a psychiatrist to determine if he was competent to stand trial. The psychiatrist reported that Gregory was not suffering from any mental illness that would prevent him from being tried for his crimes. He was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one count each of assault with intent to do great bodily harm, unlawful imprisonment, and felonious assault as a felon in possession of a firearm. Gregory Green took a plea deal where he pleaded guilty to four counts of second-degree murder and one count each of torture, assault with intent to do great bodily harm, and felony firearm possession. I feel like offering someone a plea deal with a reduced charge should only be used if the state believes they might not win at trial. In a clear-cut case where there's no doubt in who committed the crime, they shouldn't be offering them a deal. You either plead to these charges and save some time, or you go to trial and you get found guilty anyway. At his sentencing hearing, Faith had managed to recover enough from her wounds to take the stand, and she had some choice words for her ex-husband.
3: I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with the outcome. There's no punishment that fits the crime. Not even torture and death would be justice. Your justice will come when you burn in hell for all eternity, for murdering four innocent children, all because you're insecure as a man. Plus the other two lives you took. You are a con artist, you are a monster, you are a devil in disguise. You are now forever exposed. I've thought over and over again what I would say, even though it doesn't even matter. First of all, I am not and did not and will not suffer like you intended for me to do. What you tried, what you tried to do didn't work.
2: Faith suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder and short-term memory loss. She also has nerve damage in her face and foot that cause her constant pain. It doesn't compare to the pain of losing not a child, but four children, something that will affect her for the rest of her life.
3: All I ever wanted to be was a mother, a wife, have a happy family, raise my children to be productive members of society and be happy. The reality I face now is this will never happen for me. Time will never heal this wound. I will always be empty, A part of me will always be missing. If the day ever comes when I do wake up and it's not the first thing that I think about, when I look in the mirror, I will always be reminded by the scars he put on my face, cutting me from my ears to my chin with a razor blade box cutter. There's a hole in my heart and soul that can never be repaired. The loss to me is so big that I will never truly recover for the rest of my life. I will be forever in pain and heartbreak. This wound will never heal. This wound will never heal.
2: During the sentencing hearing, Gregory was given the opportunity to speak on his own behalf. I do
4: you know, I do regret and I'm sorry for what has happened. Um, um, you know, all I've ever wanted was a uh, God-fearing helping to that would support me and be faithful no matter what. Dedicated to the whole family. You know, I, you know, that put aside. I, you know, I have to be humble, very humble, because God knows the heart. He knows how regretful, how sorry I am. And even now, after all this, He still has a plan. And I'm not giving that up. Giving up on that plan. God? God is God. You know, and there's not one day that I go by that I don't think of my girls. Not one day, often pitching and playing and talking to their Heavenly Father. And, and, you know, I pray that God be with Chad and Care. You know, I feel I feel bad for how this has deeply impacted everyone. And, um, May God
2: help them. Help me help us all. That's all I say. Okay. He gives the most emotionless, monotone apology I've ever heard before he rambles about God. God has a plan. His plan was for you to murder your first wife and your unborn baby, then for you to get out of prison and murder four other children and torture your second wife? God's terrible at planning. Then he goes on to talk about how he thinks about the kids every day. Bullshit. If Gregory Green was the type of person who thought about his victims every day, he would have thought about his first wife and the baby he killed in 1991 before he carried out this act. He's pretending to have a remorse so that he can try to get out on parole again someday. Unfortunately, his plea deal made it so he would be eligible for parole. Now, the judge could have denied the plea deal and taken the case to trial, but she explains why she doesn't do that.
5: As a practical matter, this court is confident that if I follow the sentence agreement in this case, you will never be released from prison. Yes. And rather than decide to, if I, in the event I were to say, nope, this isn't enough, the family would be forced to take this to trial and I don't want to. Ms. Green to ever have to endure what happened again. She already has to live with it every day. So for that reason, I'm going to follow the sentence agreement. I'm convinced that you will be incarcerated for the remainder of your life.
0: Thank you! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
5: That's practically speaking. With respect to counts one through five, as I said, I am going to follow the sentence agreement. You're going to be sentenced to 45 to 100 years in the Michigan Department of Corrections. Count six, six to ten years in the Michigan Department of Corrections. All will be consecutive, or concurrent with one another and consecutive two, count ten, for the felony firearm, which will be two years in the Michigan Department of Corrections.
2: I agree with her that it's pretty unlikely that Gregory will ever get released on parole. It's probably not worth putting Faith through a trial in order to give him life without parole. He was sentenced to 45 to 100 years in prison for the murders, plus two years for the gun charge he'll be 97 years old before he's eligible for parole, which, again, I don't think he's going to get. This is for Malin. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please talk to your local battered women's shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught looking for help. If you're having feelings of harm in yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and we'll talk to you about any mental health issue you might be facing. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe or follow the show to ensure you don't miss an episode, and you can leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you use. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that by checking out our merchandise at Teespring. You can also discuss the channel and the episodes on our subreddit, r forward slash thisismonsters. You can find more ways to support our show and how to find us on social media by visiting thisismonsters.com. Thanks again, and be safe. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few
0: becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. To save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. No. Good boy. Keep your hat on, pet. Why? We're playing dinner at the North Pole, remember? So we need to wear our big warm coats inside.
2: When it comes to food or heat, many families will face impossible choices this Christmas. Please support the St. Vincent de Paul Annual Appeal. Donate locally or at svp.ie.
0: Thank you.
1: Shrink your Christmas bill at Dunn's Stores. Delicious free range 4 kilo Irish turkeys are just 39 99 And incredible unsmoked centre cut Irish ham is now just 13 59 for 2.75 kilos. That's 20% off king prawn cocktail and oak and peep cold smoked salmon are just 6 euro plus with our 10 or 50 grocery voucher you save even more Dunn stores make Christmas for everyone terms and conditions apply be abuse the next grocery shop of 50 euro or more life's full of things we can't depend on like the Irish weather predictably unpredictable when you're cutting it fine but the tractor in front is out for the day no winner of this week's you know what so much for lucky seven but some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on. See CertaIreland.ie.